Hi, Mod fans. So glad you could join us to hear your colleagues read their articles from our July-August issue. The overlying theme of this issue is all about business, and in this episode, we have three great topics sure to pique your interest, so settle in and maybe grab a notepad. To start off this episode, here's Mark Schaefer of My Eye Doctor in Birmingham, Alabama, on what it takes to be a successful medical eye care practice. When we say the words medical eye care practice, the image that forms is usually that of a referral center or specialty clinic, but this does not fully encapsulate what a true medical practice looks like. Every day, patients around the country receive exceptional medical care in a primary eye care or refractive eye care setting. The footprints may look different, but the blueprints look similar. All medical eye care practices start with a caring doctor and staff, a desire to provide more services to their patient base, and a capacity to grow. Each practice has its own culture, but in this article, I suggest some steps any practice can take to achieve success in a medical eye care model. More patients need medical eye care each year. The number of ophthalmologists is not growing, but access to optometry continues to rise. In the future, ophthalmology practices will not be able to manage the growing numbers of patients needing medical eye care without help from optometry. State-by-state, optometrists are winning the right to expand their scopes of practice to serve people we see in our offices every day. The doctors in a successful medical eye care practice take note of these new expanded capabilities and work continually to improve their skill sets. Optometry has the ability to embrace technologies that can be of huge benefit to large populations. With the diversity of our patients' demographics, the variety of their concomitant systemic health conditions, and the range of their socioeconomic status, we have a tremendous opportunity to deliver exceptional medical eye care to an exceptionally broad array of patients. When most patients visit the eye doctor, they are probably not thinking about how their vision plays a role in their overall health. It is our job as optometrists to seek out the factors that may affect our patient's sight and manage those factors to the best of our abilities. A medical practice includes all things that place optometry at the forefront of healthcare. Medical eye care requires active involvement in managing acute and chronic conditions that affect the eye and body, monitoring of systemic conditions and their ocular manifestations, and the use of diagnostic and therapeutic tools that can affect the patient's whole system. Beyond this, the medical optometrist must engage in accurate and timely communication with other medical specialties within and outside eye care. Patients must understand that their best health is served by medical eye care practice. If a practice doesn't consider itself to be a medical eye care practice, but wants to transition into a more medically oriented model, the practice leaders can start simply by taking stock of what they currently do on a daily basis. They are already detecting and managing pathology for patients who come in with self-diagnoses. They should recognize that there is an opportunity to do the same for other patients who present with symptoms or signs on wellness exams. For advanced practices, there's always room for improvement to make systems more efficient or bring in new ways to evolve care. Do not forget, although the success of the medical practice is doctor-driven, it is staff-implemented. The role of the optometric staff in the successful medical practice cannot be understated. Here are some steps that medical eye care practices can take to thrive. Medical eye care is not undertaken simply to avoid vision care plans or increase reimbursement. The central focus must be the patient and his or her condition. Without making the patient the priority, the practice will not succeed in its endeavor to treat and manage ocular disease. Continuing education hours are mandated for licensure, 
but the topics selected are not. Successful practices are constantly exploring new ways to manage and treat diseases. They are also looking for concrete and practical steps that they can use in the clinic immediately. Give staff members the knowledge and authority to recognize patterns and act accordingly to educate and manage patients. This will allow the doctor to focus more on the patient at hand. The source of the information given to patients matters less than the content of that information. Staff lunch and learns, presentations, and case reports are ways to continue teaching members of the team about disease states, therapies, and considerations for patients. A well-trained staff will advocate the best care for the patient. Practices that use new technologies and therapies are learning the best ways to implement care. This requires flexibility to see what works and adapt it to fit the practice model. It also includes willingness to think outside the box to deliver care to patients. The medical practice is always looking for ways to create efficiencies to make processes run more smoothly and easily for patients and staff members. Practices must seek out, create, and nurture relationships with industry in order to deliver the best possible care. We can use the expertise of industry to grow the knowledge base of our doctors and staff members. In turn, the practice's expertise can help to grow the market for products and services among the patient population. This applies not just to eye care, but also to common systemic diseases. Patients today, especially those who are elderly, may have long lists of medications, and we must be aware of possible interactions and complications of those medications. Again, this not only applies to ocular, but also systemic conditions. The referral process should be a two-way and not transactional, whereby the patient returns only for an annual eye exam. Communication doesn't need to be complex, but it should be accurate and appropriate. Many conditions treated in the optometric office have systemic involvement. The thriving medical eye care practice should have an influx of patients from general practitioners and specialists who know that the local optometrist understands how the eye interacts with their patient-specific conditions. Sponsoring a local medical-based nonprofit organization provides an opportunity for the practice to advertise its expertise in treating a specific condition and its ocular manifestations. Building and maintaining a successful medical practice does not require starting from scratch or having to design a complex structure. It merely requires taking the education and expertise the doctors in the practice already have and applying them to the thousands of patients already on the books. Small steps in creating a culture of medical eye care can permeate from one-on-one -on -one relationships with the patients all the way through to the outward-facing personality of the practice. Ready for more practice building tips and tricks? Then just wait until you hear how Justin Bazan of Park Slope Eye in Brooklyn, New York, turns Hubble lemons into lemonade by finding lessons ODs can learn from the online retailer's strengths and weaknesses. Optometrists learn about new offerings and contact lenses from industry reps, trade publications, launch events, etc. And our patients learn about new contact lens offerings from us, their optometrists, right? Historically, this was the case, but things have changed in recent years. Your patients may now be learning about new contact lens options online. Online direct retailers have emerged in many fields with the subscription services available in areas from pet foods to ready-to-make at-home meals. In our field, the online contact lens retailer Hubble has attracted much attention by applying this strategy. How should we deal with this new entity and the others that surely will follow? This article explores some of the strengths and weaknesses of Hubble's offerings in an effort to help you understand and prepare yourself for this battle. Many patients are interested in learning about new contact lens technologies. 
97% in fact, according to Bausch and Lohm. Yet many optometrists simply don't bring the topic up, subscribing to the if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. It is a poor habit, but many doctors don't tell their patients about innovations that have taken place in the contact lens world because it takes extra time. The problem is that nowadays, if you fail to keep your patients informed, they are more likely to be easy targets for savvy marketers. The contact lens market is being disrupted. Don't let your contact lens business be disrupted along with it. Despite what you may want to believe, price matters to your patients a lot. Many patients think that their contact lenses are overpriced and Hubble targets that mentality extensively in its advertising. Hubble tries to keep costs to an acceptable level and it markets this brilliantly. Consider doing the same for your patients. Address costs up front and let patients know that they won't have to eat instant ramen for the next two weeks if they buy a supply of daily disposable contacts from you. Consider saying something along the lines of, back in the day, daily disposable contacts cost an arm and a leg, but these days they are pretty cheap. The ones we are going to try right now are less than a dollar a day. I know that my workhorse daily disposable, in my opinion, is a superior product and it's less expensive than Hubble lenses. I make sure my patients know this too. After I give them this information, Hubble no longer seems like such a good idea. Hubble does an excellent job of educating contact lens wearers about the benefits of daily disposable lenses. Hubble's website is full of information about the benefits of daily disposables. After visiting the company's website, potential customers get it. A fresh, clean lens every day is the way to go. Take the time to educate your patients in a similar way. On my office computer, I have an article bookmark called Daily Disposable Contact Lenses Cause Less Damage to the Ocular Surface. I pull it up and I discuss daily disposables with my patients. Hubble has baited customers with low costs and the health benefits of the daily disposable lenses. The company then lowers the barrier of risk further by offering a free trial. First box free. Your practice could borrow this concept and start throwing around the F word free, that is. Along with your contact lens examination today, we're excited to offer you a free trial of a daily disposable. Hubble does a great job of lowering the risk with the free trial. The company gets its products onto customers' eyes, and once that product is on their eyes, many people will choose to continue to wear those lenses. Want to get more of your patients in the contacts? Take a similar approach. I have found success by asking every patient who isn't receiving a contact lens examination one question. Why? You will hear all the common reasons and objections in response, but these are easy to overcome. We have also made a commitment to our patients that if a daily disposable is an option for them, it's getting on their eyes. They will also get to experience it for themselves so they can make the best decision for themselves. Hubble is a subscription-based service. I love my subscription-based services. Automatic payments of a small amount each month. Set it and forget it. I don't have to spend a large chunk of change up front. These services are appealing to today's consumer. There are challenges to implement an office-based subscription plan, but I expect improvements in these not-too-distant future. With these improvements, I anticipate that more offices will embrace subscription plans. The consumer has spoken, and they want subscriptions. Hubble has done an excellent job of marketing its products and creating its brand. The company has created a sales network, generated positive press and consumer reviews, and successfully established and popularized its brand. You can use some of the company's tactics to do the same for your practice. Hubble has great press in big-name publications, including Vogue, GQ, Mashable, TechCrunch, and more. A lot of this press has to do with using a great public relations firm. Hubble has trendy, stylish branding that resonates with its target audience. Are there things you could be doing to ensure your branding resonates with your target audience? Hubble is lauded for how it has built its brand and connected with consumers via social media. 
The company ads run on Facebook and Instagram across its audience network. You can do the same thing. Organic reach is minimal, and these days you have to pay to play. The days of do-it-yourself approach are over for most of us. Your day-to-day media posting and monitoring can be managed by a social media savvy team member, but you should leave the social media ad campaigns to the professionals for the best results. Hubble also engages with its consumers. Its fans leave reviews and glowing compliments online. This is social proof of quality. Your practice can do the same thing. How are you building your user reviews and how are you leveraging them? Hubble keeps a tight crew. The company has added in-house employees slowly, only doing so when it makes sense and it's necessary, while outsourcing as much as possible. Even its robocalls are outsourced. Could your office adopt a similar philosophy? For example, does it make sense to outsource your billing or your marketing? Hubble is innovative in its direct-to-consumer approach within the contact lens industry, but the company is outdated when it comes to product innovation. The American Optometric Association's guidelines for the care of a contact lens patient suggest that a DK of at least 35 is needed to minimize complications. The DK of Hubble's lens material is 21. What is the lowest DK that you would prescribe for your patients? Be sure to let your patients know. Hubble does a poor, <coughs> non-existent job of obtaining verification. Robocalls, verifying with the non-eye doctors, selling without proper verification, the list goes on and on. It's well documented that Hubble and other online contact lens retailers are less than above board in handling verifications. These companies don't appear to care much if they sell to a person who has never been fit in a contact lens. Tell your patients what it is you do during a contact lens examination so that they know not all lenses are equal. Describe how improper contact lenses can affect the health of their eyes, the quality of their vision, and their overall wearing experience. The more your patients are aware and, of, and find value of your expertise, the less likely they will be to stray from your advice and try something they see online. Hubble does not accept vision plan benefits for now. The prescription eyeglass business disruptor Warby Parker partnered with the vision plan, so it's possible that Hubble may do the same. For now, however, optometrists have the advantage. People want to use their vision care benefits. Help your patients get all the benefits they are entitled to and thus maximize their savings. Often, the price for a contact lens supply after coverage has been applied is significantly lower than the price offered by Hubble. Hubble has a 5 to 10 business day shipping estimate for an initial order. In this era of instant gratification, 5 to 10 days can seem like an eternity. People simply don't want to wait. And if they're out of lenses, they really don't want to wait. Let your patients know that they will leave your office with the supply to hold them over until their order arrives. Let them know that it typically takes only a few business days for that order to arrive, and if they need it faster, you do offer second or overnight shipping options. The fact that it's difficult to cancel a subscription to Hubble is probably by design. I can speak from personal experience to the difficulty of canceling a Hubble subscription. I actually had to pick up a phone and talk to somebody. Oh, the horror. And I could only do so during hours that I found very inconvenient. Hubble catches some bad press with regard to this, but I'll bet that this barrier to cancellation leads to many consumers to think, well, whatever, I'll just get this one more order and try to cancel again next month. Is there a lesson to be learned here? Yes. To avoid one-star review, be easy to do business with. If somebody needs a copy of their prescription, hand it over, but make sure the patient knows that you offer the best deal on those contact lenses. Hubble offers only spheres, for now. It has already announced that it will be expanding into multifocals and toric lenses. Optometric offices are best equipped to take care of many more patients than just those who wear spherical lenses. 
this ability gives us a big advantage. Stop masking cylinder and stop fitting monovision. You can provide your patients with the best visual experience by using torque and multifocal lenses. As there is no Hubble option for these contact lens modalities yet, fitting your patients with them is a great way to help ensure they don't end up in Hubble lenses. There are many lessons to be learned from Hubble. I'm not thrilled that it is providing people with what I consider to be a substandard product, but I am thankful that I have been able to learn from the company's practices, and I hope you can too. Will you implement some of these marketing techniques in your practice? Let us know. Email us at modernod at bmctoday.com and share your thoughts about this podcast or about modern optometry in general. Last, but certainly not least, please enjoy this next piece on the art and science of referrals, read by author Melanie Akau from the University of Colorado in Denver. Dr. Akau explains how you can ensure that your patients receive the care they need, even when it falls outside of your practice pattern or capability. Referrals are a necessary part of optometric practice. Depending on what pathologies our patients bring with them through our front doors, referrals may be a daily occurrence. The nature of our practice settings can vary widely, from a private OD practice to a combined MD-OD practice, a veterans affairs hospital, or a large academic university. Similarly, the capability, method, and efficiency of making these referrals can vary greatly across these practice settings. Still, the core purpose of the referral remains the same, to seek care for the patient beyond the capability or expertise of our practice. Deciding when and to whom to refer requires a proper understanding of the art and science of the referral. The science. The step-by-step process of a comprehensive eye examination is taught in optometry school, practiced to proficiency in student clinics, tested in board examinations, and perfected daily through observation and experimentation. Depending on the outcomes of each test, decisions on diagnoses are made or eliminated as data are gathered. By the end of an examination, we have gathered enough information to formulate a list of differential diagnoses and our expectations for treatment and follow-up. It is at this point that the possible path forward diverges, depending on whether or not the treatment is something you think you can handle or something for which you should refer the patient to another provider. In a study performed in Canada, there was a 9% referral rate to ophthalmologists from optometrists performing routine eye examinations. It may seem obvious that relevant clinical examination findings should be included in a referral letter, but an evaluation of incoming letters from optometrists in a glaucoma service found that 43% of the letters were considered failures because they did not convey the necessity and urgency of the referral. Of those failures, 26% did not include an optic nerve evaluation and 6% did not include intraocular pressures, essential findings in a glaucoma evaluation. Sending a record of the entire clinical examination in addition to a referral letter or practice-specific referral form is ideal. The art. The art of the referral comes in knowing the limits of your practice, accessing your network of trusted consultants, communicating with them effectively, and being an active participant in care. This is an aspect of our profession that cannot be taught in a step-by-step process. Rather, it is one that must be cultivated, 
practiced, and challenged over a career of continuous learning. Referring a patient to another optometrist, ophthalmologist, primary care physician, or other specialist necessitates reflection on the limits of your practice as determined by the State Board of Optometry, the office itself, your clinical skills, and your knowledge base. State by state, scope of practice determines the need for some referrals. For example, in Massachusetts, ODs still cannot prescribe topical glaucoma medications. Availability of diagnostic instrumentation may require other referrals. If, for example, a patient with early age-related macular degeneration needs a macula OCT, but your office does not have the equipment, a referral for diagnostic testing to an optometrist or ophthalmologist who has the technology would be necessary. If a patient with moderate glaucoma is non-compliant with topical medications, you may need to refer to a glaucoma specialist for a laser or surgical procedure to best manage his or her disease. The decision to refer a patient should be done for a specific purpose. When you are deciding whether or not to refer, reflect on what information you are seeking and how the patient will benefit from an additional visit with a different provider. Assembling an array of trusted colleagues requires time, effort, and often trial and error. In a study of a group of general physicians in Canada, Musen found that the providers were more likely to refer to someone they knew personally or had worked with side by side. In other words, someone they trusted based on proven ability. Other factors for referral included patient feedback and accessibility to care, including location and time to next appointment. Test cases were often sent to new physicians as a way to evaluate the potential for a referral relationship. I am more likely to refer a patient to a doctor from whom I consistently receive examination notes and correspondence. If I do not hear any feedback from a provider after several patients, I usually move on to another option. Given the shift in ophthalmology to subspecialist training, it can be difficult to assemble a dream team of subspecialist physicians to whom you can consistently refer patients. Finding a practice of ophthalmologists with one or more subspecialties under the same roof can be ideal as it ensures continuity of care. In a combined OD-MD practice, referring within the practice is convenient, but acquainting yourself with the management patterns of each MD in the practice can help identify patients who could remain within the practice and patients who should be referred to an outside provider. Trust can be built in a referral relationship fairly quickly but it can be destroyed just as easily if a lapse of judgment in care is detected, communication falls through the cracks, or patients consistently provide negative feedback. A letter addressing the concern and reason for referral, the relevant clinical findings, the urgency of the referral, your expectations for patient management, and any further follow-up arranged at your office should be included with your referral. The reason for referral should be clear and concise and should include the clinical findings that support your thought process and validate your concern. The portion often left out of referral letters is the expectation for co-managing the patient. How do you want to manage care with the doctor to whom you are referring the patient? When is the patient scheduled to see you again? Be sure to include this information when you write referral letters.
an established protocol for how to handle referrals can be helpful. The same courtesy letter should be extended for patients referred to you from a primary care doctor or an ophthalmologist. In a study conducted at Duke University, a focus group of primary care providers, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants were asked about barriers to referral to eye care professionals. The most frequent complaint was poor communication, and the third most frequent was difficulty scheduling an appointment. In a hospital setting, in which an electronic health record system can automatically populate a letter to a referring doctor or nurse, these barriers can be easily traversed. In private practice, however, it can be more difficult to communicate with primary care providers due to a lack of information provided by the patient. It is important to institute methods of minimizing these barriers in your practice. As optometrists, it is our challenge to blend the science and the art of our practice harmoniously to ensure that patients receive the care they need, even when it is outside of our practice pattern or capability. We can do this by performing thorough clinical examinations, networking effectively, and communicating clearly with the physicians to whom we refer about why we are concerned and how we think they can help. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Check out what other articles are featured in this issue by visiting modernod.com. And don't forget to come back here in about a month and we'll have articles on detecting systemic disease and retinal disorders from MOD's September issue. Until then, take care.